What's going on, everyone? My name is Chris Tondewold, and this is Ambition Radio. This is a podcast where I interview indie artists, content creators, athletes, and small business owners who share how they continually discover and maintain a balance between their life, family, career, and the pursuit of their passions, dreams, or hobbies. In this episode, we have Chris Daher, aka Peapod, of the On the Radar podcast. Chris is a former radio host out of Northwest Ohio who has focused on shining a light on indie artists from all genres in Ohio and beyond. We talk about how jealous I am he gets to interlace live performances within his interviews, the constant change in radio, new beginnings, and his love of pro wrestling. I really enjoyed talking to Chris and learning about his journey. It was really awesome to connect with someone with a lot of similar views and goals that wants nothing more than to help other people. Make sure to check out his podcast and Ruthless Pro Wrestling, where he does color commentating. I'll have all the links in the show notes, including how to catch Ruthless Pro Wrestling events online. As always, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, follow me on Spotify, and share the show if you can. Thank you for everything. Here's the show. Enjoy. Let's let's talk about the show, but also all your history before it, because I want to know how you got into radio and then what made you really embrace the podcast and then overall, the the music and the artists that you bring on, they're a really eclectic bunch. Yes. So that's that's probably one of my favorite parts of the show outside of the fact that you can actually play music live mm-hmm. and just the relationships that you built with the studios. So I'll never escape radio, even though I, I recently just left that world. Um, and And I don't have any ill will about the world itself of radio. But I also feel like it desperately needs to evolve. Right. On just my local level, because I'm based out of Northwest Ohio. Yeah. I, I was in radio for close to a dozen years. I graduated college and got into one of the two major corporations that radio is a, broadcasted, a, com- a broadcasting company. Okay. And I stayed there for close to 12 years and I, and I worked very hard and it was a lot of struggling. And, and I got to the point where I was ready for like the next step, like the bigger management run in radio stations, things like that. Instead of being like a two bit manager position, like it was like going to be a big part. And it got to the point where the pandemic hit and I got to the point where I'm just like, yo, I need to go. I need to know where I'm, where I stand. Yeah. 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 And there was still some more things that happened and the radio world is, is so finicky. It's a revolving door, but it got to the point where the radio station I was on flipped formats. And sometimes depending on where you're at in radio, you could lose your job, like Mm -hmm. straight up, like Mm -hmm. you'll have no job. Mm -hmm. Luckily in the 12 years that I've built myself, uh, when I was in the radio industry, um, when they made that decision, I, I was still able to work. Because okay. I knew a bunch of other skills. Yeah. And I was part of the management team, but I wasn't like a head honcho of any sort. Okay. The the, the biggest thing is like program director, which is basically you help program the station. That's right. you know, kind of the, the name of it. I, I, I was trying to be either like a mainstay on air personality. I was a morning personality for uh, an alt rock station mm-hmm. that was in Northwest Ohio that phased in and out constantly because they they just the sales team didn't know how to sell it oh well that's good they yeah they never they don't know they didn't understand how and this and this is why i'm critical about it because this is why i think the radio world is needs to evolve better mm-hmm. because you still have a lot of old dogs trying to learn new tricks 
and a right. lot of the old guard will not let the next generation try to program because when you get to the corporate level, it's filled with old dogs who only know old radio that had to force themselves to learn all the new tricks. Right, right. That makes sense because I would also think based off of just my my own experience with the, the stations that are around me, there's a, a radio station uh, called WJFK and they were originally just like talk radio. Mm-hmm. They were just regular talk shows, whatever. And then they switched formats to sports only. Mm-hmm. And you had a couple remnants stay on the, the station, right? And then you see just like this mass migration of people because once you flip formats, the ones that might be able to still talk about the subject is, is cool, but most of them are just be like, this ain't it. Like I want to have the, the freedom to do everything that I want to. I want to be able to really creatively express myself through whatever I want to and not have any kind of restrictions. So it was cool. And then what you see is one of the, the shows that I paid attention to was Big O and Dukes. And they went straight into podcasting after they were more or less removed from the radio station after a flip formats. Mm-hmm. So it was a really interesting journey. It's insane that like not more radio people would get into podcasting. Unfortunately, my my cluster, uh, or at least former cluster in Northwest Ohio, was so slow on the pickup mm-hmm. of it. And uh, recently, uh, I, if, if people listen to the show or whatnot, that I've become a little bit more hypercritical about the Midwest okay. because I feel like it's getting to the point now where the Midwest is becoming a joke into itself. And I feel like they are still the, the blue bond, the blue collar mentality, while the mentality in itself is not necessarily a bad mentality. The blue collarness of the Midwest is ruining when it comes to fording pop culture, the arts, things like that. When you have so many people view the arts scenes or the idea of, I want to pursue music full time. I want to mm-hmm. pursue art full time. I want to pursue anything creative that is outside of working nine to five, going to get a drink at the local watering hole, go home and do it all over again is viewed as weird. I'm really tired of that mentality. So, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of the reasoning a little bit. It's a combination of the radio station and, and a new platform that nobody seems to try to tap, at least in where I'm from. Right. Because everybody feels like it's a little step behind, right? Correct. Uh, the, 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 okay, let me be, let me be honest. Midwest is, it can, has, has some great people, some very down-to-earth people. Mid, but you see all the memes and the memes yeah. are absolutely, absolutely true. And, and it's funny because of how true they can be. They're, they're very kind, but also at the same time, a lot of people in the Midwest are very quick to judge you when it comes to a lot of the creativeness. So I decided to pursue the radio station that I was on that I was known for in Northwest Ohio went in and out and in and out and in and out. Like right. it, it, it flipped formats and then went away and then came back, then went away and came back, went away and came back four times. Cause it couldn't figure it out. It's audience or what it's message no, was going to be because they couldn't, they, they thought that every time they brought it back, they thought, Oh, we could probably make some money on this. And then the salespeople, which are this more or less the same salespeople just still wouldn't get it. They couldn't shift gears. They couldn't figure out a way no. to actually get the word out and market it to the right people. 
Correct. And then they didn't try to market anybody new. And like a lot of the new people are on there and like my, in my town, it's filled with all of these names that have been around in the radio industry for decades for like two, three, four decades, which is fine, I guess. But at a certain point, your audience is dying, literally yeah. dying. <laughs> so um, you, you need to learn and start building new stars and learn new, the next generation and everything. And I felt like that. And, and I know I'm starting this podcast out sounding like I'm a little bitter, but it's, it's still like kind of a, fl- a fresh wound to me. Sure. Because like I, I enjoyed radio and I enjoy entertaining people. And I did the podcast because I wanted to give a platform for artists, for rising right, artists, right. starting in the, starting in my hometown, because I knew on my hometown had a beautiful local scene and we did a local radio show. And then the local uh, booking company kind of pulled out due to money. They couldn't pay their advertising dollars. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then I continued doing it on my own. And then the radio station went away and I'm like, I need to start. I need to start a podcasting. Right. This is before right. the podcasting boom. I always loved the idea of like when a live artist, when a musician artist like came to the radio station and performed live. And you don't see that outside of maybe like Sirius XM right or like big big markets like Chicago New York and it's usually like morning show maybe just an acoustic thing yes. and it's not yeah. anything that's really serious or like a, a bigger platform I feel like because it's mostly oh tell me about tour tell me about a B and C and it's just like a finite amount of time that you have well yeah that's radio in a nutshell yeah but I decided to uh, to hook up with uh, a, a gentleman locally. His name's Steve Worsler, and he owned a recording studio uh, here in Northwest Ohio. And I decided to start bringing in local guests and bringing them on and talking to them. And then I wanted to record live performances. And I would I would you know work with the the engineer to record two to three songs, you know, and it would be a live performance. So basically, we hook up a bunch of mics and and then just mix it down. And then release an episode because I thought it would be really cool. It's that idea of just like, this is the, this is the sound of the band that you will hear if you saw them live because like an album, a song is hyper-produced and it's like your calling card. But when you see them live, it's a different experience. So I want to like a nice middle ground of the two worlds. Yeah. Yeah. And some, some bands have that mentality of, I want to sound on the record as I do live. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, that's not the case. Right? No. And on top of that, some of the venues aren't fully prepared for the music that is about to be played. No. Because there's so many different things that can go wrong if you don't have the right equipment, like electronics just failing in the back of your show, mm-hmm. and you can't get the any of your effects. You can't get anything going. So you have to have that kind of like authentic sound to it. And I think that really drives the interest more, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I like that like live sound, but I also like to mix it up and make like acoustic versions of the songs you hear live. So it's something exclusive, something interesting. Yeah. And then combine that with, you know, the interviews. I was very influenced by like the BBC Radio One performances, you know, uh, like a version uh, out of yeah. Australia. I'm big on to like the audio tree sessions, like these live studio sessions, and then add an interview element to it because. I'm a radio personality. I love to talk to people. I love to interview people. I want to understand the why of everything. Right. And it started in 2017. And then from there, I grew and switched over to uh, more studios. 
At one point, I was recording with four local area recording studios in Northwest Ohio. Um, and I would bring in a guest, maybe traveling guests, maybe local guests, maybe from another city, state, whatever. I would bring them in and we would yak and they would record a couple of songs and then they'd be on their way. And it'd be a cool thing to listen to podcasts. And then 2020 hit, pandemic hit. Yeah. And then I've also switched over and set up myself a nice uh, home get up, uh, got a better computer, better camera, better microphone, and then started interviewing artists that way. And I'm still going to continue doing that route, um, even though like band, more bands are going to be feeling froggy towards the end of summer into fall, because it just makes sense at the end of the day. It's also when I want to hook up with uh, bigger name acts yeah. that can't travel or won't be traveling to Northwest Ohio anytime soon. Which is fine. Right. Right. It always struck me just as, as far as the, the radio of it, it's, you mentioned it earlier, you know, you have so many people that have been there for decades and decades that it just seems like a dying medium, but it's still wild because it's not going anywhere anytime soon because the cars are still a thing. Traffic is still a thing. Like, and pop culture overall, you're still going to get the biggest impact on radio waves, I feel like. And that's just because the the high accessibility of, of it. The podcasts are a lot more niche, even though someone already has a phone, still have to go through a couple of different steps to get to it. It's not turning on your car and then next thing you know, there's sound to you. You know what I mean? I, I never liked the, the the phrase that it's a dying medium because in, in theory, it, it needs to evolve, much like anything else. And and it has been in in, in a sense, but it's all it, it needs that local... It always needs a local level. And I feel like corporate yeah. radio has made everything so cookie cutter that you lose an element onto it. The type of artists and music that the Midwest might like are not the same taste as maybe the, the coasts, maybe in, you know, Los Angeles, maybe right. in, you know, the same style of library of a music of a, of a rock station in Northwest Ohio will not reflect the same one as in Montana or Maine or anything else. Vastly different people, vastly different styles. You can have a core artist and you're always going to have a core artist you can build off of, but the, the music that you build around it, it has to kind of reflect and the people that you have in it has to reflect it. Now radio doesn't pay very well. You, you become more of a syndication. It becomes not as live anymore. It's, you know, instead of someone physically putting in carts and, and, and music and finding the songs or cutting reel to reel and cutting commercials and doing things like that. It's just a guy programming stuff from a computer and a guy hitting a couple of buttons. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's different because of the technology world, but it doesn't mean the essence of it needs to change. Right. Yeah. And, then, like to your point about local stuff, I think that's where the podcasts have really developed their own niches with that mm -hmm. and that overall technology and accessibility where it's becoming more prevalent for younger generations to do it too, which I, I think is, is a really important thing. And you're able to really go whatever direction that you want without any real restrictions, without having to fit into a formula, right? So then you're able to really focus on what you want to focus on. I think the world of podcasting is great, but you have to be careful. And this is, and this is, again, this is the radio side of me talking about it because I feel like if you want to have the most of the demographic, you need to be interesting enough to step yourself out of everything else. But you also want to, you, you don't want to be 
You don't want to be so unique that only a finite number of people need to listen, but you also want to be, uh, you know, uh, accessible enough so anybody can listen. Right. And that's why with my podcast, it kind of works out because it's niche enough to the point that we, we compare and contrast a lot of artists out of the Midwest, but it's not always every guest, someone from the Midwest. I mean, yes, that's our staple. That's our shtick is we're from the Midwest. There's a lot of cool artists that are coming out of the Midwest or bringing it into the Midwest, or we're comparing contrasting styles from someone in the Midwest. Um, most recently I did a band, uh, I did an interview with uh, the band head cave with, um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, um, with a progressive guitarist, uh, Nick DePiro. He's mm -hmm. in the band night versus. Yeah. 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 They just went almost all in instrumental too. I yes, think. they did right. go all instrumental. So, and uh, Nick DePiro did a side project called Head Cave, uh, and he has a couple of members uh, now. Uh, soon to be, all three members will be on the West Coast. Uh, but the singer, actually, technically from Ohio. Okay. So we had like that cool connection and yes. everything, and I kind of covered it. But like we kind of compared and contrast a little bit about like the scene in Los Angeles to the scene in the Midwest. And kind of just like compare notes and compare lifestyles and things like that. And that's always the interesting, especially when you, you know, we have a mutual, you know, guest in, in the band Geary. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of, we talked a little bit about like, Hey, what's your scene? Like, what's the music in your area? How does living in wherever you're from, you know, and then you come over into this and you're traveling through and like, what's your, what's your two cents about stuff. And right. so that's our shtick. It's, it's niche enough that we're like, Hey, we're a music podcast. We have live performances, you know, we have traveling acts. We're very, we're very eclectic. We're not one style of music. We're all over the place, but we're also broad enough that it's, you know, Hey, anybody who wants to, who wants to find uh, interesting new music. And I'm always that type of person that will seek out new music, always fond of like checking yeah. out new stuff and everything. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's funny. Cause, uh, not only do we share the same name, but we share a lot of the same influences. Yeah. Uh, which is, is, is just wild. And then my mom's husband's family is from Ohio. They're mm -hmm. from Cleveland. So it's, it's cool that this is all kind of connecting, but, uh, like the BBC, uh, that, that style of, of show is mm -hmm. always something that I've pursued and it's going to be something that I'll, I'll try to end up doing sometime in the, in the future. But that that idea has always been with me to be able to have the live performance and then have the the interview part to like humanize them. And then on top of that, to your point, be able to kind of shine a light on what's happening around you. Right. Try to bring that up. And I think the, the really cool thing is having people come in and out. And we know like the Midwest, when most of us think about it musically, we're at least for me, it's Saddle Creek. It's going to be like the, the most like emo uh, stuff that's out there. Going to be a lot more stripped down. It's not going to be nearly as, as big and loud as some of the, the coast in there. Because that's what I think of it with it. And then there's Post Fest in Indiana mm -hmm. that I absolutely love. And it's just this huge instrumental, like deep, dark, emotional stuff. And it's just beautiful on that side. So it's it's really cool. But that's definitely not everywhere i feel like it, it is a little bit centralized in there because we're not seeing that at least for me i'm not seeing that style on the east coast quite as much at all and midwest is uh filled with a lot uh, filled with country obviously um with our connections and things like that but it's also filled with like some emo 
some indie, a lot of like, at least in my, in my area, Northwest Ohio, there's a huge hardcore scene. There's yeah. a huge aggressive, you know, uh, uh, post, uh, not post metal, excuse me. Um, there, there's a lot of like heavier rock, music, whatever. Yeah. 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 I mean, genre, genres don't matter. Genres only matter only for, you know, organization of That's record it. stores yeah. and yeah. that and radio stations. That's it. Genre. Everything <laughs> is everything now, nowadays. Uh, but, but there's also like a lot of cool, like real country, not radio country. Cause it's not, that's not country, you know, real, like singer, songwriter, outlaw, indie folk. Yeah. There's plenty of that as well. And like, it, it's so unique of the type of music that it is and the type of people that it is it's filled with not your blue collar ideas that you think the Midwest might be filled of is the Midwest filled with people that are a little bit behind the times. Absolutely. Is it also filled with a hungry, creative, uh, growing artistic scenes? Absolutely. You don't need to go out West that, that idea of like moving out West to become more creative. Have I seen people do that? Absolutely. But you can also do the same thing in where you're at. Uh, I am, I am a, a product of that. Uh, my wife is a product of that. We're both very creative people in different senses of the word. Uh, and all the men and women that I've had on my show, whether they're from the Midwest uh, or traveling through, there is a connection of art all over it. And I want to shine a line on it. And it's so hard to get your music out there. And if I can provide a platform, for a person, an entity, a project, and get another listen, a couple more listens. Maybe somebody else buys a shirt, buys an album, and I've done my job because that's right. what I want to do. I want more eyes and more ears on a project uh, that is something interesting. Where did that purpose come from? Was that something that grew out when you were young and going to shows, or was that something that came about when you're doing radio and seeing these bands come in and connect with you? It, it came from while growing up, I, I never was given a chance okay. to be creative. I was, I was bullied a lot. So when you're bullied a lot, one of two things happen. You become a bully mm -hmm. because of that, or you make sure that nobody gets bullied again. I grew into my own. I, I moved from my hometown of Akron to uh, Toledo, Ohio. I came to school. I went to school. Um, I graduated with a bachelor's of communication, and then I just stayed here. And the house that I'm currently at, I just bought it recently. So like, I'm going to be here for quite some time, which is fine. I don't mind my town. I like my city. I like the people yeah. in it. It's, uh, it's good for what it is. Um, I've always been that type of person that I feel like and shine a light on things that a lot of people, uh, put their nose into, uh, no, uh put their nose up to, excuse me. Sure. Um, especially within radio, when I did my morning show, um, on my, uh, on the rock station here in town that no longer is here. I, I wanted to concentrate on guests that a lot of people would not do a lot of the bigger mm -hmm. stations just won't do. Uh, I, I had one, there was one show that the, the, the host goes, Oh, are they paying money. Well, no, <laughs> then why would I want to have them on? And he said this in regards to the fucking girl scouts. Oh Jesus! Okay, that's a lot. He's a that's big piece a, of shit, so it's fine. Yeah, that's that's a little too much. I, feel I don't like. know if I'm allowed to curse, but I'm going to do yeah, it anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's more than fine. All right, cool. I try not to curse that much while I'm doing right? more professional stuff. It's again, it's the radio in me, but it's a podcast, so I can I can scoot away. Yeah, from it. yeah, you can you can be a little loose with 
But yeah, that's fine. But I, I have always been that type of person to feature things that like even the even the radio station I was on, it didn't re, it didn't have high signal strength. You can only really sure. get it in the metro area. So I'm like, let's turn it inward and focus on the things that people may a lot of people may not realize. So I I would bring in guests from like small organizations or nonprofits or local musicians to bring them on or to play their music on the radio um, or to perform live. And I, that's still like a cool thing. It's that old school radio mentality yeah. in a new era and it worked and a lot of people did it. And I know, and I know that if I had the right people to back me, you know, I think it could have been something bigger, but I got shuffled around. And again, this is a little bit of the bitterness coming out, but mm -hmm. you know, it, it was just, it was just filled with a lot of missed opportunities. And that's why I ended up leaving. That's always the worst, like yes. the, the unrealized potential of it. Correct. Because for me, it's, I know that I have good ideas, but I also know like one of my biggest faults is following through with those ideas, right? Like getting all the resources together and actually doing it, like not just talking about it. But when you're almost there, when you're in the thick of it, and then you're not getting the full support that you could really do really get to actually make it way bigger may way more impactful the whole nine in there mm -hmm. that's a little that's a little like blowing out your sails a little bit right like you're, you're taking the wind out of your sails you're not able to really keep going because then you're trying so hard and feel like you're not going anywhere right yeah and i'm i'm kind of the opposite i'm one of those people that i'm like okay well you're not gonna help me fuck you i'll do it myself <laughs> Like, well, I don't need your help, but you can join me on this journey yeah, and make yeah. it easier on myself and yourself. And I know that if you give me the ball, I'll run at home, you know, or whatever sports reference, because I don't give sure. a shit about sports, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it, it's that point. So that's why like, and, and that's why I did the podcast. Like, Hey, my local music show get, went away. Okay. Let me connect with people and let me figure this out. And I, and I work with such phenomenal people to make this uh this happen and things uh have shifted a little bit and you know i i have uh, some solid studios that i work alongside with and you know uh I, i'm not working with four i'm working with you know two with uh with an occasional third one if needed be and also the virtual things which i will still yeah. continue so it's a good mix of everything and i've I, and i've gotten to the point where i'm very comfortable and i like what i'm doing so i get to do this while also now uh, I'm the marketing director for a, a print company uh, in Northwest Ohio, which is one of the, it, it's a franchise print company. It's one of the, and, and this franchise is one of the biggest in the country. Very so nice. like I have that great opportunity that I've started uh, just a couple of months ago. So like I'm making more money, I'm more financially secure. You know, my family's is taken care of. Along with uh, with that, I've decided to also pursue uh, some fun in a in an ind independent uh, wrestling promotion as one of their commentators. Ah, oh, that's that's got to be so much fun. It is. It's got to be so much fun. It's oh. a lot of fun. It's um called Ruthless Pro Wrestling. Okay. And it's uh it's a combination of a lot of like great wrestling, high flying, and a lot of uh, what it's called in the world is death matches. So it's yeah. a it's dudes and and women. Hitting each other with barbed wire, with panes of glass, with light tubes. It's in a school gym. 
in a VFW. <laughs> At the time of this recording, this coming Saturday, we're actually our next event is going to be in a VFW. And I've made the comment before. It's not independent wrestling unless you're wrestling in a VFW. There you go. But we'll have a good, you know, anywhere from 50 to 200 people watching. There you go. And yeah. these events and the events can be found uh, online, actually, uh, if there is a service kind of like the Netflix of independent wrestling. It's called IWTV. Very and cool. uh, okay. we, we have uh, five events now at Ruthless Pro Wrestling. I have joined on since event number three. And I am uh, one of the color. I'm one of the color commentators and I'm joined with two other people and they record the footage. And then afterwards we go back and we basically overdub our uh, uh, commentary on the footage. And eventually we're going to be going to do it live while streaming live on IWTV. So that's, that's, awesome. that's a goal. So that's a lot of fun. And I've been a pro wrestling fan since I was little. So that's fantastic. It's really funny because we started the, um, the RPW podcast. Okay. which is uh, us hyping up an upcoming event or covering an, uh, a covering event that we just did. And then we also have an interview with one of the wrestlers that wrestled for us. So that, that was really cool. And that just started. It was really cool because when I first got into college radio, when I decided that I wanted to pursue a little bit more radio at the uh, university of Toledo, mm -hmm. one of the very first shows that I did was a pro wrestling talk show with me and my friend, with me and my, some of my closest friends and now my closest friends. That's amazing. Yeah. So like it was almost full circle and we, and we, we interviewed independent wrestlers at that time for the few years that we did the show. So I, it, it came all full circle. So it was really fun. So I, I host two podcasts. I'm a wrestling commentator and I work in a mar uh, I work as a marketing director and I still have to find time to eat, sleep and, uh, <laughs> and be with my wife. So yeah, that's a, it all works out in the end. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. It's a lot to juggle. One a little bit. Yes and no. My wife recently just uh, uh, left her one job and then picked okay. up extra hours in her second job because her first job was just terrible and, and it was mismanaged and whatever. So like now her time is, is switched. So her schedules are switched. So like I do stuff on the weekends. Mm -hmm. um, some of the, some of the on the radar podcast recordings there. And then uh, my RPW stuff, I've started doing on, on days that she's working. So I usually work from about eight to five and okay. her other gig is at night. So a couple days a week. So she'll be working five to uh, whatever closes. Uh, could be 11 o'clock, could be 1 a.m. Sure. And, and I will do that part. I'll do some of that stuff there. I, I've gotten a good rhythm of everything between all these things. And I'm in a place now that I'm also just my old job really, really broke me. Like it really yeah. did. It still has like, it's almost like a, and I don't want to make light of it, but it's like PTSD. Like it was a rarely traumatic experience that, and like, it was a fucked up work environment and got to the point. That's why I also left. I was just like, I, I hate it. I hate it. I love doing radio. I love entertaining people. I like what I do. I like the world of radio. I hate the people in it and I'm tired of being treated like shit. So Luckily, I found a nice place, a good work environment. Still learning the world because it's a little sure, bit different. Yeah, yeah. I'm in printing instead of broadcasting. So somewhat the same. Some of the things kind of carry over. I'm I'm doing a really good job. And the and the and the owner is really, really training me and two other people to be like the the basically the people running the company from day to day. So it's gonna there be we're in a we're in a good spot. They they're 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 aiming to be a 1.5 million dollar company by the end of the year. 
Can't be mad at that. No. And, uh, you know, it, it's uh, we're all working forward. And if we trip, we all trip together. And it's not anybody who's going to someone's going to try to place the blame. We're all moving together. We're all figuring out. We're getting the rhythm and we're going to go from there. We're going to be successful together. I love it. I love mm -hmm. it. One of the things that I, I was thinking about is since you were with radio for so long and you're, you're a host of your own show, when, when have you felt the most authentic behind the mic? When have you felt like your most truest self? That's a, that's a good question. Holy shit. Um, yeah. I've never been asked that. Um, <laughs> I think, I think the most, the time that I'm the, the truest of myself is when I'm in my element. I love, I love good conversations. Okay. And I, I love good conversations with a, with a topic and uh, the idea of just like, we, we, we know it's a good back and forth. We're, we're mm -hmm. talking about stuff. We're expressing ourselves in a way that it, it's not like a gimmick. It's not like for entertainment purposes. It's entertaining for the fact that the subject matter is real. Right. So it could be talk about social issues. It could be talk about political issues. It could talk about just music things. It could be talk about life. It could be talk about family. It's just when you can connect with another individual in a conversation whether it's on a podcast, whether it's on a radio broadcast, whether, whether it's just you and a bunch of people sharing a meal and talking, that's, that's where I feel it's the most authentic uh, for myself because like you, you, you finally, you finally get to express what you are. Yeah. That's why I always love uh, recording live because it, it's that one chance is that one, the one take no safety net, you know what you need to do. You, you can express yourself as true as you can. I, I feel like when, when I do interviews or when I'm behind the microphone, like, you know, when I get to that point of kind of going back and forth about a subject, mm -hmm. that's, that's where I'm my truest, to be honest. I like it. Do you feel like you always have to be on as a personality? Like if you're out, even in public, if someone sees you or if someone recognizes you, do you think that you always have to have a performance on there? Yeah, yes and no. Luckily, my performance, quote unquote, is, is just kind of a hyper, it's a caricature of my own yeah. self. Yeah. I, I know radio people that they are one way on air and then they're completely different the other way. Right. And I know people that just live the gimmick. I, I still call myself Peapod, even when I'm not in radio anymore, because, you know, well, all, first off, I have 120 some episodes of my podcast out now. And I've called myself Peapod for that. I'm still going to do it. It became a brand name. It became myself, my name. Yeah. I'm that name. When I do broadcasting for RPW, it, it's become me. I mean, heck, some of my nieces and nephews start calling me that as well. That is me. That is, that is the gimmick, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Peapod and Chris are two different entities. They're the right. same entity. It's just one's more hyper than the other. Uh, uh, I, I'm still some loud, bald man who calls himself a vegetable, <laughs> whether I was in radio or not. Like that's, that's what I, like I am. It. I'm a goofball. I'm an overthinker. I work very hard. I'm very boisterous. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm that person always. Cause that's literally who I am. The right. only difference between myself as Chris and myself as Peapod is just what I'm doing and how much energy am I putting into it? I, it, there's one thing that I'm I'm learning at my my current job now is that I I need to watch my volume and watch my yeah. my uh, <laughs> that and also uh, watch how my presentation is. 
and my calmness, my energy level. Because my boss will let literally will raise his hand and then lower it when I start getting too loud. So I'm I'm training myself now b- better to become a little bit quieter because now I'm in an environment that I I can't really be a personality because right I kind of have to be I have to be the sales guy. But in a sense, being a salesperson, a marketing person, you got to schmooze, you got to lean them in. You got to put a little, put a little stank on things. And it's, yeah. it's no different than being a host on a show, a, a broadcasting host, a pro wrestler, you know, it's, it's, you gotta, you just gotta know when to turn things up and turn things down. It's really funny. So, uh, that I, I sell cell phones for a living. So I'm, I'm already like in the thick of it as far as sales goes. Right. Right. So there's, there's a few different things that I've, uh, noticed and observed and had feedback on one is that uh, one of my old bosses listened to the podcast and he was like, you're a completely different person on the show than you are at work. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't feel different, but I guess I understand it because it is two sets of different skills, but with kind of a through line to where if I'm interviewing someone, I'm still asking questions, still enthralled with it, but I'm not going in for like a sale. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm, my goal is to learn more about that person and to have that good conversation that you were talking about. But I can use the ice breaking, the, the connecting pieces from work to enhance the conversations, right? right. So it's, it's interesting. And then for you, you've never really been in a, a traditional office sense except for now, right? No, no, not necessarily. Um, when I was not doing my show, uh, my on-air show, I was actually the uh, digital coordinator and assistant okay. promotion director. So, like, there was an office life okay. to me. Okay. But it was still very loose works at work environment. Right, right. I had That's my own office. Thinking. I had stuff on my walls, kind of like I have now in my office here at home. And... I, I would listen to music very, I would listen to very loud music. And I, while I'm working on stuff, while I'm working on the social media pages, yeah, making yeah. graphics for stuff, maybe setting up online contests, things like that. Um, nowadays I can't do that in my office. Uh, my boss doesn't really like uh, li- putting headphones on, listening to music, even though I'm more creative and work better, yeah, but yeah. I am also making a lot of phone calls and uh, okay. trying to get a hold of uh, people in the workshop and, you know, things like that. So, yeah. yeah, So it's not like I have enough time to just like sit and listen to music and everything. So I have to now actively seek out new music when I listen to it and then find time to actually sit down and listen to it. Yeah. I feel like that's the biggest struggle that I have now, but what I was thinking is, is just the, for you, the, the newer job, because of the volume level and the the charisma that you would normally have at like a, a radio station didn't really translate all that great all the time into the new position quite yet. Right. Uh, yes. and No. I mean, my boss knows uh, what I do and do on the side now. And he, he understands and he knows that I came from the world of radio. So it's not like it's a bad thing. Yeah. But he, he actually likes that I came from that world because it's a different point of view and, uh, right. and a different idea setting. And um, it also helps that like he's helping to mold all of us to still be unique. But we also have now like the the general idea of what, what he's looking for. So yeah. like, I, yes, I don't have print experience, but I know how 
demographics work and right you know the analytics yeah the analytics and like the what's creative what will pop what would what will people respond to and i've pitched ideas recently to him that he's like i really like what this is going or i like what you're thinking about it or i like that phrase you we want to put on that postcard and things like that so like it's all working out in some sort of way so i'm still i'm always I'm always grateful of the world of radio and the connections that I made and the people I made. It just got to the point now where from the day to day, the emotional, the mental, the financial was not working out for me. I had to pull the trigger. I had to move on. Yeah. Yeah. It is tough because it's, it's a, when you're in a creative space where you're not getting really paid for it either, you have to think about, okay, I really love this. I really want to keep doing this. But how can I keep doing this while surviving? Mm -hmm. Because there's two markedly different things sometimes where musicians feel it the most. That's that's where a lot of my idea for the show came from is is the fact that you have to balance so much and then you're constantly struggling to just keep doing what you want to do musically while also providing for yourself financially. Mm Because it is it's a grind, as I'm sure that you are very well versed with and mm-hmm. it's it's an insane amount of a pressure that you can put on yourself so it's it's always interesting i think for me to to see that balance piece of it of of how much do i want to put myself into my art and my creative outlet while also trying to balance out the fact that i need to live or have other revenue streams cuz this isn't really sustaining me yes and that and that became the hard part my passion and my love for things and my job, it, it got to the point where I, I needed to become a little bit more financially stable. You know, you know, even in the middle of buying this house, I ended up leaving the job and finding a new job. And now I'm a little bit more financially secure. We could still make payments and everything. You know, our bills will be not as late anymore or it will be on time or God forbid early. What a feeling. Right. <laughs> I know exactly how much money I'm going to be making at what date and when it's going to come out and I can plan better. I can budget better. It's some of these things that have been very like, so weight lifted off your shoulders that you're not have to play the guessing game or, or, you know, paycheck by paycheck or, yeah. Or, or, you know, holler at your parents to, uh, to help you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hated making that phone call sometimes that I was just like, mom, dad, I, I need some help. And my, and my parents, I don't know how they, they raised four kids. But they raised us, they raised us pretty well and all of us like are doing well. And I never, and I, I, I now don't have to make that, that call to my parents. And eventually one day I want to make something really good for them and, yeah. you know, do my best. And now I can actually legitimately think about that. And it it's, it's really cool. Uh, again, I, and I'm, and I still get to, I still get to itch. And what's the best about right now, though, in my life is I, I get to itch that broadcasting, uh, you know, want mm-hmm. with podcasting, with the pro wrestling, you know, with all of that. Like now I still get to still do it. So I get to not only get to sing the song I want to do, but I get yeah. to do it on my time and still be financially stable. I think I won. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think the shift worked out in your favor. I think so. That's. That's a that's a good way to to do it. It's still a little scary. Don't get me wrong. I'm still it still got very frustrating. The other day I had a very frustrating day. I was just like, man, I I really want to do well this job. I don't want to go back to radio. My wife goes, then don't go back to radio. If you're <laughs> if you're done, you're, you're getting inside your own head. Just 
just breathe. It is frustrating. It's something new. You're not going to learn it right away. It, you became an expert of what you were in radio because of 12 years experience. You've been at a job, not even 90 days. You're going to be okay. And my wife is an incredible woman. So it's a, it's still a pretty frightening experience starting over. I feel like it is, especially when like, I, I know I about, I, I battle with it a lot as far as I, I feel like I should be in a much better place than what I am. And it's something that, that I always contend with when, when you get to a point where you can actually give back, that's super nice. And then you have this idea of, did I just lose my train of thought? I may have, uh, tends to happen. I do that all the time when, Oh, uh, the, the starting over that's, that's what I was going for. When, when you have to start over, it can be a little daunting as far as like the different path that you want to take. Like I've been in my, company for 10 years and I don't know where I would start looking for another job in a different field mm -hmm. because I'm so ingrained into this. And then one of my friends is going to try to teach me coding or something. I don't know, some kind of IT thing. And I'm just like, do I really want to be in a desk too? Like, I don't, I don't know. This is going to be something that I'm going to fail at for like the foreseeable future too. Maybe I'll get my head around it, but it's, it's weird when you know that you have skills, but they're not necessarily translating to every single thing that you're doing. I, I feel like it, it, it came, this job came at a very interesting time that I was just like, it got to the point that I sat down and I was just like, I'm done. I, I can't do this job anymore. I need to legitimately happen. And granted, like I was very lucky that I got to keep my job due to COVID. And I, I know too many people that lost their jobs um, and, and things like that. I, I still worked during COVID, but it got to the point where I'm just like, I'm done. I updated my resume. I opened a LinkedIn account. I started applying for marketing jobs and something that would like, would, you know, would carry over. And the job that I'm at now kind of came at a perfect time. And it, it was so, it was so crazy to sit down and go, I'm putting in my two weeks to a job that yeah. I was there for. I, I left college at, God, I, I forget my age, like my early twenties. So I literally grew up during the time when from my twenties to thirties in radio. Yeah. So like, it was insane to be to the point where I'm just like, I'm, I'm done. I got to do better for, for myself and I, I got a, a better opportunity and, and, and it sucked when I had to do that because the general manager there was one of my favorites that I had. And we've mm -hmm. had so many general managers in and out. Once again, radio revolving door. Yeah. It got to the point where like, I, I, it was actually the very first time that it was not an outside force. When this new general manager came in, it was not an outside force coming in and them hiring their own, their own people. Gotcha. This okay. was somebody actually internally, internally, she was the head of sales and she got moved up to be general manager and she was incredible. And I feel like if COVID didn't happen, I'd probably still be there, but I think I also would be in a different world. But sure, COVID was one of those things that it was a weird blessing in disguise. And I know that's terrible to say, especially when it's a global pandemic and nearly almost mm -hmm. nearly half a million or over half a million people died in the United States alone. Yes, but it also revealed a lot of things that I hopefully more and more often, not all on local levels, but on a global scale, more and more people are going to realize what is going on and maybe some priorities will be changing. And that's what I am always about. Sometimes you have to break things down 
to rebuild them bigger, bolder, and better than ever. For sure. Yeah. I feel like I've I've restarted like two or three times, which is wild because it's I haven't lived that long. Mm-hmm. And when I go back and look at it, like I used to for so long from like my 18 to 21, 22, like my whole life was liquor almost. Like I was always working in a liquor store. And then I worked for Pepsi for a hot second. But then after that, I went in to sell wine. And I, I went as a, a vendor and go into these stores to sell it. And it was such a big part of my life. And now I don't, I've been four or five years without a drink. Wow. So it's, it's still really weird thinking about like what my life was and what it is now. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like I used to do local concerts. I used to bring all those together. And then I stopped doing that because it wasn't just financially feasible for me. And then now I'm doing this podcast. I'm still trying to be a part of the music community, but it's such a complete different shift overall from what it used to be to what it is now. And it still wilds me out that I feel like a completely different person now. I put on on shows. Booking shows is not easy. No. I did. Uh, I don't know if you could see it in the in the background. And I mean, yeah, this is great for a podcast. It's audio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm a I'm a purist when it comes to podcasting. I, uh, you know, a lot of people go, "Oh, you, your podcast is like Joe Rogan. Is it video?" I'm, I'm like, first off, Joe Rogan sucks. <laughs> Second of all, podcasting does not necessarily mean video. Podcasting is literally audio. So right. I'm an audio snob. Plus, again, radio world. So I yeah. uh, will I will always think that audio will be better. It's the idea of like you strip anything away and it doesn't matter what that person looked like. It's the message that is important. That's what you're paying attention to. Not necessarily right. who is saying it. And that's right. why I will always reflect on audio rather than video. But nonetheless, behind me, there's a handful of posters that I've done with the local local promoting company that's no longer here. I got was able to put on a handful of shows under my name during my radio tenure. One of them being a birthday party it was the very first one called Peapod Palooza. I got to choose five of my favorite local artists. I had maybe about a good 300 people show up. That's it was awesome. awesome. It was rad. I did two more and, and they were, they went fine. Um, they were great. I put on, I booked a couple of shows. I've connected with people here and there. Um, I'm still very good in good stance with a lot of venues. And I'm very excited when people start touring more and more, especially a lot of the guests that I've met and recorded yeah. and interviewed and connected with during COVID. So now I can offer them a place to play. And then I also can go to the venue and go, I brought this person. I want to put on a show. Let me put on a show. And there you go. Is that kind of the, the overall goal for you? Or is that just something like a, a secondary idea for it? It's a secondary idea. I mean, what I, I, I would love to put on more features for the podcast and these live shows and do yeah. more and everything. But at the end of the day, Again, it's that idea of I've, I can help be a platform, a stepping stone, right. a, a a place. And if I can connect, I love connecting people with people. So I never want to be like a band manager, but I would, uh, but I would love to connect people and people. And yeah, I wouldn't mind trying to run a music venue or a music venue slash restaurant with my wife. That'd be rad as hell. But eh, I like what I do right now. Yeah, especially if you can kind of connect everything, which is what it was kind of sounding like where you're almost a one-stop shop of a, a promoter for a band coming in and out of a, a, a an area because well, it's not yeah. just a specific town. You know, you're, you're going for the whole area, which is fantastic. 
And I think anything that you can enhance that that light that you shine on them, where you're doing live shows, you're you're able to book throws, you're able to give them an opportunity to to play in front of people that you've already kind of prepped the the audience for. Like all of that is really really cool and really really important and. I'm sure is fully appreciated by everybody that you've talked to and, and kind of helped over the years. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been, uh, I've been incredibly glad that I can connect people to people and I'm always honored. I'm always honored if I get to a point where I can use my platform and, and connect with people. I I'm always honored when someone wants to one wants to reach out to me directly. Like I've started becoming on like PR email lists and PR people or reaching out to me directly and going, I want to bring this person onto your show. Can we make this happen? And I go, yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like I always listen. I'll make sure it sounds pretty good, sure. but yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. gotten, I, I've got to work with like in Vogue records and um, take this to heart records and uh tragic hero. Yeah. And, yeah equal vision and i'm i'm working on more i I would love to be i want to be a midwest stop i i really do i want to be a a place eventually to be that i also want to be a a platform for artists in general so i want to be considered so like they'll play audio tree in chicago and then maybe they'll do my podcast in ohio and or, you know, they'll they'll do something in Detroit on an off day if they're going up to Detroit or they're going over to Cleveland or something or or a uh, PR. I want to I start becoming, you know, a place for PR stuff. And I'm working on trying to expand more and more and become a little bit more of a bigger name. So I can still concentrate on, like, the local area stuff and, like, right. the regional stuff. But I also want to be, like, I want to interview uh, Greg Gaffin from Bad Religion. I want to interview, you know, Chris number two from Andy flag. I want to interview Jason Butler from let live and fever three, three, three. I want to, I want to interview Daniel Tompkins of, uh, of Tesseract. And I just, I want to interview all these rad people that I love to listen to and be a fan, but also be a professional and explore their stuff. That that's what I want. Yeah. I think it was, it was always fun for me, uh, booking, shows just because i usually booked the bands that i wanted to see locally at least so it was really just like a way for me to like see it made a little bit extra work for me but i got to see them for free and they kind of like respected me for a hot second because i was giving them a place to play and i was just like no this is just for me like i i just want to watch what you guys are doing because i think you're doing great so i i think that's that that's always fun and i i really like i I share the same kind of idea where where I want to be able to have this this bigger beacon and this bigger idea of bringing people in, but the idea of being able to like talk to the bands that you like, talk to the artists that you like, the the people that you respect that you might fanboy out on. Mm-hmm. I'm always nervous that I'm going to like over talk something and and ruin it all the way through. But thankfully, I feel like I've been doing this enough to like peel it back a little bit and be like, you're a professional. You've been doing this for a while. Talk like an adult. Like you've been here before. Act like, act like you've been in the game. And yeah. uh, I, I'm always that type of person that I'm always afraid that I'm going to talk too much, but also at the same time, like if, if I can get my guests to go, that's a really interesting question. Or like, that's a good question. I won. I, I yeah, got it. Yeah. So like, that's, that's the biggest thing. 
I really always love doing that and uh, getting the opportunity to do that. So I, I have big dreams. Uh, I want to try to pursue them, um, but I have an opportunity to do both, really, my, my, my nine to five and whatever else I need to do. So it, it's cool. It's really cool. What do you think is one of the, the bigger obstacles that you've had to overcome when pursuing this dream and goal for you? Uh, time, money, balance. That's the biggest thing. Uh, obviously, money. I, I do pay my studio people for their time. Um, luckily, I, I've, we've re- worked out relationships and they are willing to do that. It's also like it, it can be really frustrating at times where I think, you know, an artist would be really cool to bring on because of their, you know, their talent or their clout or anything like that. And unfortunately, they don't share it or it doesn't get as many listens as I uh, it can be. Yeah. Things of that nature. So there's stuff like that. But th- th- those are some of the, you know, I, I've, I've had to switch uh, hosting platforms twice since the podcast. Okay. So like analytics and, and broadcast numbers, especially when you're trying to get sponsors. But luckily I've gotten to the point now where like the only money I'm actually spending is like the money for Zoom and the money for paying my guests. Sure. Yeah. So that that's all. I don't have to pay for hosting anymore. Even though I financially can do it now more than ever, but you know, I I do so I do my, I make my own graphics. So and like while we're even talking, I'm actually trying to set up a <laughs> like a little hype up graphic for me and you, for people to tell about this. So like I I switched off the Adobe machine and now I've bought other software now. Okay. To work on stuff like that, and, you know, and I I you know things like that and just like money, of course, because it's what it is. But yeah, if you want to, if you believe in something, you have to kind of spend money to make money. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. With you being kind of a a jack of all trades, then when you're doing it by yourself so much, is that fear of burnout real for you? Or is that even something that you think about? And or do you just wait for it to hit? Oh, I've I've gotten burned out many times. Um, It's gotten the point sometimes when I'm just like, I'm just like, fuck, can someone like do this for me? But then at the same time, I know what I'm looking for and listening for. So why not, (laughs) why not for myself and my sake, you know, just, just do it and just, you know, push through. But I I have to, I have to find time to balance everything. I had to make sure I I put ample time. I'm not ignoring my wife or anything like that. It's just, I I do it myself because I know what I want and what I Mm -hmm. need. And I luckily am working with people that is are more than willing to pick up the slack that I don't know. Would I love to try to learn how to record this myself? But yeah, sure. But (laughs) I rather pay somebody uh, uh, a small (laughs) fee to use their space to bring in their guests. And also at the same time, then it makes a connection with them. And I've had guests that I would bring in the studios. And then they'll record the next song or next EP with that studio. So That's everybody ticket, wins. Yeah. So again, everybody wins. It's that idea of connecting people with people. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the ticket. Is there anything specific that you try to do to balance your life out? Like, do you, do you try to just set aside time on a specific day? Or do you just look for cracks in your schedule to really take back? Both. Especially with the pandemic. 
you know, the heavy lockdowns, I figured out the schedule. And now I've scheduled a little bit more time on certain times and balance it with the times of, you know, when my, my wife is working or when there's nothing going on, or if, you know, my wife is working on a project herself, I can work on my own project. So I do have days that I'm going to be working on my stuff. I will also have days that I will uh, just find a cracking time and just do it. Uh, or I'll just have to go, Hey, I really need to do this. I need to break away and do this and just find t- time for schedule, especially when it comes to like helping out with the wrestling company and find time to, uh, you know, record for that. Uh, that can be a little daunting. Um, uh, my podcast, you know, I, I'm switching the times a little bit about when I mm-hmm. release now. So I, I'm, I'm keeping that as a factor as well on when to edit and everything. And when I do the in-studio interviews, luckily I, I have an opportunity because I tell people it's about a two week turnaround because they, the, the audio engineer has to take time from themselves and their schedule Yep. to do all what they need to do. But also if it's like a virtual one, I say a week because then I just, I have the songs already. Um, and then I just have to find time to sit down and edit the interview and make it sound good and take all of my sniffling and snorting uh, <laughs> out of my, my audio because I, I have shit sinuses and I, yeah. <laughs> I uh, make it sound uh, halfway decent. So the, the um waveform is kind of like engraved into my brain. So yeah, I, I do all that to your point about like learning how to record and all that by yourself. Like I, I didn't know how to do any of this when I started and I was going to someone else's place to do it and paying for it. And then I was just like, you know what? I might be able to do it by myself. Right. And then it's a lot like I'm glad that I learned it. Like I'm, I'm glad that I'm able to do this because it did help through the pandemic of, of being able to do it virtually and figuring all that stuff out. Right. Right. Like that's, that's fantastic. But Holy shit. Is it a lot like it going is. through every single thing, making sure there's no like crazy artifacts in there that, that are just going to like ruin the whole thing. And then dealing with the whole internet and the zoom of it all, like yeah. all of that really kind of compounds into Sometimes it's cool. Some most of the times it's going to be a pain in the ass. So I, because of the pandemic, like I already knew how to audio edit. I use Adobe Audition. It's what I was trained on. But eventually, I, I was uh, using a more advanced version that I was used to. So I had to like learn that. I I didn't know much of Photoshop. Uh, I needed to do it for my my position in the radio station when I became digital coordinator. But I learned a lot more from trial and error and YouTube stuff and everything. And now the point well, I make my own graphics for. Uh, episodes and I'm kind of toying with the idea of doing some freelance graphic design work. Maybe, maybe not. I did a graphic for my friend for his podcast. I do, I do the graphics. uh, um, I do the graphics for the RPW podcast and it's nowhere near a lot of the other people that I know I like, but it's good enough that people go, Oh, this looks pretty good. As long as it stands out, I think is the big thing. Like you got to catch your attention on it, right? Yeah. Like I can't make graphics and logos and whatnot. I'll pay somebody who does it better. I mean, my current logo was made by uh, flesh and bone design. Who's done huge work for big name bands. He fucking did a shirt recently for outcast. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. He works for a company called tension division that does a lot of like graphic design work, CD layouts, things like that for like everyone and their mother. So like a lot of the CD big people. layouts, huh? You, you never, never think that's still a thing. Oh yeah. Well, CD layouts, vinyl, like the basically yeah. release layouts for stuff. Right, right. So he does, uh, does a lot of that. 
Yeah, so I've gotten to the point for that. And uh, so Zoom happened, and I knew I only had like a little travel mic. Um, I already bought one for on-location stuff, and I hooked in my computer and the Zoom things. I had to work on that a little bit, and then I played with those settings. And then I got a better, and then I had a one studio microphone, and then I got a really good, better studio mic um, for my stuff, and then learned how to like audio edit and do more audio tricks and get some of the background noise out of it. And a lot of pre-processing, post-processing, you know, a little mixing, things like that. So I've gotten to the point where, like, my virtual episodes and a lot of the stuff sound really good. Like, you're still going to get the zoomness out of it yeah, with, the, yeah. with the other person because yeah. they probably don't know how to record themselves. But, you know, fun fact, you know, me and you, you know, while we're recording through Zoom, you'll probably take this and then you'll probably take our two parts together that we've recorded solo and then put them together and compare and contrast it from the Zoom call it. to itself to make sure we all match up. Yeah, yeah, it's a process. It's it not is anything that I like. One of the things that we were talking about earlier is how like uh, your pure audio, right? Mm -hmm. I just don't want anybody to see my face. I mean, I don't mind. I'm very, uh, a lot of people are like, why don't you uh, do radio? You know, why don't you video? You're very boisterous. You know, you can get a lot of people to, uh, you know, watch you more and everything. I'm like, I don't, uh, I like audio. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm, I mean, a little self-conscious. I don't have a six pack. I'm not Brad Pitt or anything, but you know, my wife likes me. So that's cool. That's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, like, I like, I like telling a story. I like audio and I'm pretty good at it. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've learned to be cool with it and I, I'm, I'm starting to try to embrace the fact that I have to put myself out there more mm. and become more of that personality rather than just another white guy that has a podcast. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you mean like every, like <laughs> yeah. that's the thing is like, I, I made the term COVID cast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> like so many people made their own, podcasts during the pandemic and i highly doubt a lot of them will last through it right so right. i decided so i'm just like i hey do your covid cast i'm all for it do podcasting's fun i'll never not help anybody if they have podcasting questions but i like that i'm kind of like that podcasting go-to person yeah uh, that is around that a lot of people know me as so like i'm 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 cool with being that and i'm like yeah you you do your thing you you do your your you have more listens or more downloads or whatever that's fine i'm still here i yeah. i know i know where i am i know what i do i'm cool with it i've said this before but my my biggest thing is that even if this doesn't go anywhere ever in my entire life i won't care because this is like what i enjoy yeah exactly this is the connection piece that i, I strive for and at the very least it's a record of stuff a, I've done something that I've actually talked about. And B, it's something that's still there to shine light on whatever's around me. Right. Like that's exactly that's the 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 overall goal of it. So I I love it. Yeah. What do you think that you've learned most about yourself through your audio journey? I feel like uh I I know what I'm talking about. Too many people at the time uh have uh kind of trashed me about thinking that they don't know what I am. Um, I learned my personality a little bit more. I found myself a little bit better. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, I've started to really like me because, um, as a guy who's bullied a lot and struggles with self, con uh, self-confidence still do to this day. Um, I figured out who I am and it's, it's pretty good. So, 
Yeah. Like, again, like I said, I, I, I learned a lot from broadcasting and radio and things like that. And, uh, I, I'm glad for everything that is done for it. And, and I will forever, I'll forever wave the flag of some sort of broadcaster, no matter what it is, podcasting, radio, what Twitch streaming, what have you. I'd love to, I'd love to do more Twitch streaming, but I don't have the setup for Twitch streaming. Right. I also don't have the time nor patience to Twitch stream. I mean, I just got a Mac recently, so that's been rad. <laughs> so, and uh, I've always wanted to get one, and now I got one, and uh, I could probably do more with it, and probably Twitch stream. But I'm just like, eh, I I'm good for what I am. I'm I'm I can do th- two things at once. I can record and edit at the same time. I I was super excited the other day that I actually edited an episode while making the graphics for said episode at the same time. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I, I, I encountered no slowdowns and everything. I could not do that on my laptop. I could do that on my Mac. So I'm all, I'm team Mac all the way. <laughs> Absolutely. I will be one of those tools. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for it. The Mac is rad. It is worth every, you know, body part that you have to sell to buy one. But get one if you can you you may you may convince me on on doing it i don't i'm not a mac guy but there is a little bit of a learning curve i will say yeah. that but i i've had an iphone for years so like there's that and also like again youtube google right right i uh i i i really i really like it i really like it a lot I need to I need to look into it, and that's mostly because I, I've been rocking an iPhone for a little bit, and I want to just learn how Macs operate because they they're a little bit different, but they shouldn't be that much different from a Windows. No, no, and it's and it's really cool. And there's a lot of cool apps for it, and a lot of a uh, lot of uh, rad things you can do on a Mac that you can't do on a PC. There's a lot of simplicity in in Macs uh, and things like that. I really enjoy it. I really do. There's a lot of cool things you can do, and a lot of a lot of stuff that I didn't think I could do. A lot of things I couldn't, I didn't know how to do on a Windows that I could do easily on a Mac. So, yeah, and that helps just your overall workflow, especially if you're doing it by yourself, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm all for it. I'm gonna have to go go and try it eventually. One of these days, I'll have to still convince myself to actually pay something that is that much. What do you think keeps you driven to keep pursuing your goal? I just answered this question the other day, actually. Um, so one of my friends was just like feeling really down. And they're like, you know, what did you do? What do you do to continue? Like wh- when you're having yeah. down days. And I'm like, yeah. because I, if I didn't do it, I will always regret not doing it. I also want to leave a uh, legacy for myself. I want to be remembered by a lot of things, by a lot of people. I, I don't want to be famous necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I want to be remembered for what I do and who I was and the connections that I made and the and the people that I interacted with. You know, I don't want to be feared and I don't necessarily want to be loved also. I, I just want to be respected and remembered, much like everybody else. I mean, we're all gonna we're all gonna end up being uh, you know, dust in the wind at one point in time. Might as well live the best life you can and, and interact with the most people you can and make people remember you for whatever the reason uh, it was. Hopefully it's something good. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully try to make the the biggest impact on the most people, right? Correct. That's, that's how I feel. All right. Well, I dig it. 